0: Wish we could turn back time to the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out Wish we could turn back time to the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out Our bass player is stressed out right now. (sighs) Somebody just bought themselves a bass guitar. <laughs> they, they try to come out and not be seen at all. Just let's give them a hand. God bless. Yeah, come on. Come on, somebody. Here comes Tim to rescue his baby. That's my baby. That's my baby. That's my baby. I was just like, Jesus, help me right now. You're all right. You're all right, Tim. Deep breath, man. Deep breath, baby. Deep breath, baby. Deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> Now you got to do the walk of shame. Now you got to do the walk <laughs> of shame. Better than you than me, my friend. Better you than me. I told him a hundred times, don't set that base there. Don't set that, but he don't listen to me. Nobody ever listens to me. Oh, hey, thanks for being here today. Glad you are with us if you're brand new. Uh, my name is Brad and I am the pastor here and I am not only the pastor, but I am a detender of here. I, I just Laura and I were talking about this last night. I just love attending this church. I just love being a part of this church. Last night when we were praying for you and praying for our service, we were just thinking about, man, it is just awesome that we get to go to church here and do life with you guys. And it's just a privilege. So if you are new, I, I would love to meet you after the service or if you brought somebody with you today, please bring them back to the next step room. Uh, I'd just love to say hi and, and get to know you a little bit. Also, if you have any questions uh, about what I talk about today, uh, I want to help answer those questions, or I'll just be back there as long as I need to be back there, hang out, talk to you, whatever you want to talk about. Love to be a part of that. Uh, We are doing something we're calling Summer of Sabbath. This kicked off a couple of weeks ago, so if this is your first Sunday with us, Summer of Sabbath is where we're saying yes to rest. Let's say that together. Say yes to rest. Turn to somebody next to you and say, say yes to rest. It's really about saying yes to faith, family, and friends. Now, when you say uh, summer of Sabbath, if you have any church background at all, you think, oh, this is about church attendance. And if you think it's about church attendance, you've just been going to church too long because that's not what this is about. In fact, that's not even what Sabbath means. Sabbath doesn't mean go to church. Go back, listen to the very first podcast because I talk about that in that podcast, uh, but if if you're wondering what I should be doing by saying yes to faith, family, and friends, here's the question we have to kind of ask ourselves. Um, if you ever find it a struggle to get here on a Sunday, like I, I, the idea of being here every week during the summer is just almost an impossibility. You need to go back and listen to the podcast and figure out why you need to say yes to faith. Or maybe you find it difficult to spend time with your family. Like You have a hundred other things you got to do, and they just keep getting pushed to the back burner. You need to go back, listen to the first week of this series, because you need to learn to say yes to family. Or maybe you're one of those people like me, and you tell your friends, hey, we need to get together sometime, and sometime never comes. You need to go back and listen to that podcast, because the Sabbath, what we're doing is we're saying, let's take back the Christian Sabbath. Let's take back Sundays, and let's make this a true day of rest and celebration with faith, family, and friends. So today is the final day of our series to kick off this summer, and that is called Stress Leveled. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21, if you're new to church and you don't have a Bible, you can download one from our website, just go to corechurch.com on your mobile device, and there's a link there, or go back to the Next Step room and we'll put a Bible in your hand. John chapter 21 is in the New Testament, I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're going to try to follow along. If you don't, I'll just read it here in just a moment for you so you don't necessarily need your Bibles uh, for this. But John was um, an apostle of Jesus. So if you're new to church, John is a guy who was considered maybe Jesus' best friend. And so he wrote an account of Jesus' life, and we're going to read a little bit of that here in just a sec. So stand with me, and let's read uh, just the first few ver- verses of John chapter 21. That Jesus has risen from the grave... He's already appeared to the disciples twice, and now we pick up with the third appearance. Verse 1, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, the sons of Zebedee, and a couple other disciples. And Simon Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. And at dawn, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. So he called out, fellows. Okay, so when I, when, I, when I read this, I know it says, fellows, have you caught any fish? Does that sound weird to you guys? Like from Oklahoma, shouldn't it be? Fellas, fellas, have you caught any fish? This sounds more like, fellows, have you caught any fish? That's what that sounds like to me. I say, fellas, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, hey, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you're going to get some. And so they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Today, I want to talk to you about finding rest in my financial mess. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment that we have to study your scripture, to look into it. And in this moment... We want you to speak, so speak to uh, all of us in this place today. If you're a follower of Jesus, let's just pray for one another. Um, you may know the people around you, you may not. Uh, you don't have to pray out loud, but let's just pray uh, for each other in this moment. God, help us. Help us to hear from you. And pray for your own soul and your own heart and your own mind that you can be focused in, man, God, speak to me today. And then I, I would um, covet your prayers as your pastor. Because I, I only want to say what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear today, that he would truly speak to us. And if you're ready um, to hear from the Lord today, in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, in a recent uh, survey, they asked Americans, what are you stressed out about? And they came up with the top five. I want you to think for just a moment, what are you stressed out about? There's five of them that were in the top five. That's what would make them the top five. Uh, And so I want to show you these top five and see where yours fits. Okay, let's go first. Number five. Number five is irritants. This is the small things, the small things that just trip us up, that just frustrate us, like traffic or not being able to find something, uh, like scissors, not being able to find scissors. Is that frustrating? That's mine, scissors. If I You need, I need scissors, you know, and when you can't find them, you're like, oh, I guess I'm just going to use my teeth, you know, and you just never have, you're ripping something and you just, I, I, that's mine. And that my stress level goes like this. You can ask my family. I have two pairs of scissors and on them in Sharpie, it says dad's scissors. Don't touch them. So irritants, the little things can, can stress us out. Number four. Oh, health. Somebody gets sick. Whew, that that can trip you up big time. That's been true in our home. You ever, somebody like our staff has been sick recently, two different staff members, and they're like, hey, I'm just gonna trudge through it. I'm just gonna come in. No! Because I have a sick phobia. You get sick, don't touch me, don't shake my hand, don't cough in my presence, okay? My kids, my family, I quarantine them all. Laura says it's cruel, it's mean. I do not care. I'm not getting sick. Go to your room. Like, Laura, she had the surgery to remove the benign mass, and I'm like, go to your room. I quarantined her. It's like the doctor said it's not contagious. I don't care. I don't want to catch it. So, wow, tough crowd. Okay, so number three, relationships. Now, don't just eyes forward because it may be the person sitting right next to you right now. Right? Right? You know what I love? I love, I love doing marriage counseling uh, because whenever somebody is getting married, I'll meet with them and, and talk to them. And one of the questions I'll ask them is, hey, tell me about your last fight. And 90% of the time, the, the female will go, oh, we never fight. We just never fight. We're just like two little butterflies. We just kind of float around. And it's just so sweet. It's just like, and, the, and the, the guy is sitting there and I'm just like, dude, don't say nothing. Don't say, that's why you're not fighting. Just be cool, be cool. But if you're in a marriage for any amount of time, there's gonna be some stress. Anybody got kids? Anybody got parents? Stress, right? Do you not hate seeing, seeing uh, parents with perfect kids? They stress me out. I, you go to somebody's house and you're sitting around the table and their kids are actually sitting around the table. And then you, doesn't that not make you wanna go home and spank your own kids? <laughs> Why can't you act like this? <laughs> I feel some stress coming off right now. Y'all need to go spank your kids and pull them out of kids' ministry right now. You just go do that. You have my permission. This is Oklahoma. We spank around here, all right? Time out. That just stresses me out. Time out just stresses me out. I ain't got time, I ain't got time for time out, All right. <laughs> Stop, stop people No, oh, stop that ain't right that ain't right man this is this is why I can only pastor in in Oklahoma this is why because this would not fly if I was in some other uh never mind so um friends your friends stress you out I mean friendships you know like the EGRs the extra grace required people like they're your friend but they always have a problem like you walk up to them and you're like, hey, how are you? Why did I ask them that? Because they always, whenever you say, hey, how are you? They go. Ah. And then they just unload on you. And you're just like, oh, man. Okay, so that's number three. Number two, work. Whew, some of you are going to face that tomorrow. Right now you can feel the stress of that. Can you not? Of, of work. This is, this is mine. You people, you stress me out. You just, you completely stress me out. You wear me out. You stress me out. All right, so uh, moving on. Number one is, anybody? Money. Can I get an amen? Money. I heard somebody uh, once say that there uh, is not a enough money at, or not enough month at the end of my money. I think that's so true. Money also affects all the other four. I mean, all of these other four get affected by it. Because why? Because you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, you're on edge, and that pours over into work, it pours over into relationships, it even can affect your health, and even the small things in life just explode on you because of money. So I want to talk about money for a few minutes here. How how do we find rest in our financial mess. John chapter 21, story of the disciples. They're facing a very similar situation. So again, Jesus has risen from the grave. He's appeared to them a, a couple of times, and this, at this point in the story, they are, they are alone. In John chapter 21, and verse 3, it says this, So they went out in the boat, but they what? They caught nothing all night. Do you, do you ever you ever feel that way? Like you're uh you're letting down your nets just like that over and over again. You got this net that represents, you know, you, you let down your net and then you pull it up and nothing. Do you ever feel that way? Like you let down your nets and you pull them up and nothing. You caught. Nothing. This is how the disciples feel in this story. I, I have this personally happen to me twice a month. Twice a month I let down my nets because twice a month I pay bills. And so twice a month I go and I, I sit down at the, the kitchen table and I get out my laptop. I have this routine I go through and so it's always on a on a Saturday. And so I, I, I'm sitting there and I got my laptop open. I got my 80s music playing because uh, that helps me with the, you know that's my praise music you know is like I'm hungry like the wolf and it just I uh, get my praise on so um, that's just what I do so I put eighties music on and, and and I have a program on my computer that I use to pay my bills and reconcile and all the, all this other stuff that I don't understand and so when when I'm doing that when the Kids or Laura walk into the kitchen area and they see me at the computer and my eighties music okay hungry like the wolf they know don 't go near dad don 't do not go near him don 't talk to him, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars cause there ain't two hundred dollars <laughs> so on my bill thing on my on my program on my computer that does all my budgeting and stuff, it has this sync button. And some of you may have a program like this. And when you hit the sync button, it syncs with the bank, okay? And it starts, stuff starts, it's like pulling a slot. Every You're like, come on, seven. Cheap, 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 cheap. And so it starts loading up on you. And, and blue is good, red is very bad. Blue good, red very bad. Because blue means, I've, I've already got that in my program. I know about that money that has been spent But when red comes in, that's stuff I did not know about. So it's going, chink, chink, blue, 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 red, red, blue, red, 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 red. Who went to Hobby Lobby? I did not go to Hobby Lobby. I have never been to Hobby Lobby. Who has been to Hobby Lobby? This is what was happening with the disciples. Okay, so they've got their net. And they're letting down their net. And they're raising it up again. And nothing. They let down their net. And raise it up again. And nothing. This goes on all night long. This is why I don't like to fish. Now, I realize in Oklahoma, that's a capital offense. Punishable up to five years in prison for saying that. But... I don't like to fish because you have to be patient when you're fishing. I don't have patience. Like you throw your line out there and you got your little bobber. Yeah, I use a bobber when I fish. Ooh, sorry. Uh, I just had to say that for the fisherman. Like, you got a bobber? You ain't a real, real fisherman. I'm not told you. I don't. So I go out and I, you put your bobber in and, and you sit there and you sit there. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So what do you do? Do you still sit there? No, you got to reel that bad boy in. Make sure there's some bait on the end of that, and then you throw it back out, and then you reel it back in. I don't have the patience for it, and, and, and then I just set my pole aside and I start skipping rocks. To which the person you're fishing with will be like, Shh, You're scaring away the fish. <laughs> I've been doing this for an hour. What lake have you been in? My bobber ain't gone nowhere. I'm just scaring no fish. I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, I relate to. I need a couple of, of volunteers to help me here. Come help me, Steve. You come help me. Come on up here. Give these guys a hand as they, they come up here. I'm going to have them. Help me with something here, all right? I think that impatience is the greatest threat. What I want you guys to do is take, you're going to take one end of the net, okay? And you're going to take the other end of the net. Yeah, and just stretch it. Come this way, Mike. So everybody, there you go, just like that, okay? And grab those ends right down on the bottom, okay? And then hold it, yeah, just like, like this. Step up that way so everybody can see. Can you guys see Or you move this way for me? Move this way, just a little bit like this. Perfect, okay. This is how, how we rehearsed it, all right? <laughs> Impatience is the greatest threat, okay, to financial rest. Because what happens is we get impatient, don't we? I can't wait. My net is empty, so I go out, and I'm going to fill my net. So what do I do? I go out, and my car isn't quite running right, and so I go out, and I'm like, well, I, 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 need, I need a newer car. And so I get a car payment, and I load the net up with a car payment. Or, or, man, I just you know I, my washing machine is making that weird noise, and before it goes out, I better go get something. So I go out, and I get it, and I really can't afford it, but I load up my net with that machine machine or, you know, my house is, it's just kind of not enough room and it's not quite doing what we do. And if we just stretch ourselves just a little bit, <laughs> we can afford the new and we load up the net. The problem is we are not filling our nets. We, we are actually cutting holes in our net. Turn it sideways so I can see this. Yeah. Okay. So we are actually cutting holes in our nets. And in, in other words, we're like, yeah, I'll just uh buy that on credit, you know. I'm just I I can I can pay that later. That's what I'll do. I'll just pay that a little bit later and we have no idea. I'm cutting all of these holes in my net. And I think that I'm filling my net, but in all actuality, what I'm doing is I am emptying my net because you know, I think, well, I'll I'll, I'll just charge it, but 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 you know, I, I, I can't really quite afford it, but I'm gonna pay for it later and I'm gonna take out that second mortgage or I'm gonna get that line of credit or six months, no interest. Am I preaching up in here yet? And instead of filling our nets, we're emptying our nets. And then what happens is we go back to look at our nets and we open up the laptop. We got our 80s music playing. We realize our nets are not full at all. Give these guys a hand. Thank you guys so much for helping me. What's crazy here is Jesus, he he could have filled their nets. They didn't have to do this all night long. He could have filled their, he he didn't even have to fill their net. He could have just had the fish jump in the boat. I mean, this is Jesus, son of the living God, Messiah, he had turned multiple, a few fish into multiple fish. He'd done miracle after miracle. Just This sounds a little bit to me like it's a little bit sick, a little bit twisted in a way. Like if you're a friend, if you're a loving God, why are you making these guys do this all night long? Because he wanted to take them through a process. He wanted them to go through process. We want to skip process, but God deliberately takes us through process. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, okay? And this is something you may need to hang up somewhere or or put it right next to your credit card or in your wallet next to your cash before you pull out the card or the cash that you have and have this little note and have it say this. Say no to now and yes to process. Say no now to now, and yes, to process. Tur- turn to somebody right now and tell them, don't skip the process. Don't, don't skip the process. Don't skip the process. Hey, um, it, when it, think about childbirth, okay? I've never given birth to a child. I have witnessed it taking place, and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. How many ladies have given birth to a child, Okay. All right, if a lady's hands up, just high-five them right now. Just high-five them right now. Say, way to go. You're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah. Now, ladies, those of you who have given birth, and all of us all know this, is that when you uh, get ready to have that baby, you don't just go immediately into delivery, do you? No, you don't just like, oh, I feel the baby coming, Clap. Okay. I'm so glad this is not a video podcast. That was terrible. I, I'm sorry, ladies, I know that's not how, that was, that was my recreation. It's why men have, will never have babies, okay? So anyway, focus, people, focus. But you know, you, you know that you can't just have delivery without labor. You ladies know that. You have to go through excruciating labor and it's painful, and it's difficult, and it's a struggle, but the delivery makes it all worth it, all worth it when you hold that child in your hands. We want delivery without labor. That's what we want in our finances. I want delivery without labor because we hate the process. It's It's difficult, it's grueling, but God uses process. He uses process to teach us, to train us, to equip us, and to strengthen us. In Luke's gospel, chapter 16 and verse 10, Jesus said it this way. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So, so many people are like, man, if I, if I could just win the lottery, it'd just take care of all my problems. By the way, some people will ask me every once in a while, so I say, hey, if somebody won the lottery, would you take the donation on that? Yeah. Every dime of the devil's tool I will take into the house of God and repurpose it for his glory. <laughs> I got applause for spanking in the lottery today. Man, this is this is why I love Oklahoma. Love this place. Listen, that that if I could just win the lottery. Do you know that 70% of lottery winners go broke in the first couple of years? Do you know why? Cuz they don't go through process. They didn't go through process. They don't they don't know how to handle what has been put into their hands. And so You see the disciples here and the disciples, they are letting down their net, okay? They're letting down their net and they're bringing it up and they're letting it down and they're bringing it up. And what's happening is each time that they let down their net and they bring it up, they're getting stronger. They let down their net, and they bring it up, and they get stronger every single time. This is what's happening to you and I. Every single time that you go to pay those bills or you go, you say no to now and yes to process, and you raise it up, okay, and you look and oh, man, whoo. Guess what's happening? You are building spiritual muscle mass, okay? Every time you take down those nets and you raise them up and there ain't enough there, God. It is building your faith. So what do you see? Do you see the hole in the net or do you see the God who can fill the hole in the net? This is where we've got to do. Move our eyes off of the hole in our net and when we put down this, we've got to raise it up in faith. We've got to believe and say, God, you're teaching me. You're teaching me. You're teaching me that I shouldn't have been spending that money that way. You're teaching me that I overextended myself. You're teaching me that I should trust you instead of that credit card. And you lay down that net and you raise it back up. And every single time that you look to God, your spiritual muscle mass is growing. You're getting stronger every single time. This is what's happening to the disciples here is God is building their muscles. And I I like verse four. It's one that I think we just kind of pass over, but I like just the first two words of this. It says, at dawn. Say that with me. At dawn. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples, they couldn't see who he was. And remember, we read it earlier. The reason they couldn't see him is because he was over a hundred yards away on on the shoreline. So they, they couldn't see them. But Think about this, at dawn, something very significant had happened just a few weeks prior to this event at dawn. Some ladies, they they went to a tomb, and he wasn't there. And when I think about God showing up at dawn, what that says to me is that if God has the power to resurrect Jesus from the dead, Can't he resurrect my finances from the dead? Amen. Yes, he can. This is who he is. Listen, it can feel dark. It can feel like, man, I am never going to get out of debt. I mean, you see these holes and you think, I'm never going to get financially free. I'm never going to be able to pay off this car. I'm never going to pay off this credit card. I'm never going to be able to move into that house I want. I'm never going to be able to get that that car that that I I, I need. I'm never going to be able to provide for my kids. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. It can feel so dark at times. But this is when God shows up at the dawn. This is what he has the power to do. If he can resurrect Jesus, he can resurrect you. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. It's not just a promise for you spiritually. Yes, first and foremost, a promise for us spiritually. But he cares about you. He's your father. He loves you. Laura and I were just talking last night about this. And uh, if you've been coming, you know the journey we've been on as a family the last eight weeks with Laura having surgery and having this mass removed. And She was out uh, of commission for eight weeks. And not only was that physically trying, but it was financially uh, a challenge for us as well because Laura works um, outside the home part-time. She's a caregiver. And so for eight weeks, she had to shut that down. And so for two months, the second income was not coming in. Now stop and think about that for a moment in your situation, especially if you're married. If you're married, I want you to think about that. Imagine if your spouse's income suddenly got shut off for two months. Where would that put you financially? I didn't know what we were going to do. So we just prayed that God would fill our nets, that he would provide, and he would take care of us. And what's interesting is through the process, um, Laura and I have, if you're new to church, um, Laura and I, we practice tithing. And if you're new to church, tithing is the Christian practice. It's not a law. It's not a, something you ha- I have to do this under the burden of the weight of the law. But it, it, is, it is a principle from Scripture that we as followers of Jesus, we give 10% back to God. And it had been real easy in those two months for us to just go, you know, we, we don't have it to give right now. In fact, the money that we would tithe would be the money that she was losing. And so it would have been easy to say in that moment, man, God, um, and he, yeah, you get a free pass. I guarantee if I have talked to 90% of you, you all would say to me, Brad, absolutely, you get a free pass. You don't have to, don't give the next couple months, you don't have the money to do it. Don't do that. That's not how I was raised, and that's not what I do or believe as a follower of Jesus. I believe that I give in good and I give during the bad. I give when he gives me favor and I give when he takes away. I give. I give through service of my hands. I give through service of my feet. I give whether times are favorable or times are not favorable. I give. And, and I say this not with pride, but I say this to encourage you. Laura and I have practiced giving of everything that comes in, honestly, it's more than that now, but we've always practiced that for 31 years of marriage. And we have never not done it. 31 years. Why? Because I know what he's done for me. And I know he has the power to fill my net. And so when I sit down at the computer with my 80s music blaring in the background and my wife income isn't there. And here comes on my program, the giving and how much I'm supposed to give. I don't even blink. I don't even think. I don't even worry. I, I, I give it because I trust and I know that God is going to fill my net. So last night we were sitting there and we're talking about how much she had lost. And I was like, oh man, I did not know it was that much. And it was pretty equal to what we had given away. But here's the interesting thing about how God works. We added up all the ways in which God had given back to us in those eight weeks. There were three significant things that happened during those eight weeks that God brought resources from these unforeseen areas that we had no no resource, no way of getting those things that came to us. It didn't just equal what she lost or equal the the tide, but it, it far exceeded it. So here I was in the midst of darkness, in the midst of financial loss, and and we're still trusting. I'm letting down my net. I'm still trusting God, and God says, you can trust me. And in the end, he brings it back bountiful. He brings it back more. I got more in eight weeks than I'd gotten if she had worked, or I got more in eight weeks than if I'd withheld what God deserved. Now, am I preaching prosperity? No, that's not what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching to you is this, faithfulness, trust, obedience, that God can help me find rest in my financial mess that he can fill my nets. Listen, that's just one story of hundreds. Laura and I have been doing this for over 30 years. We have hundreds of stories of where we didn't have it and God came through and he provided and he made a way for us. This is who God is. This is what he will do for you. And this is the thing, the disciples, they couldn't see Jesus, but Jesus could see them. And when it's dark and your nets have big holes in them, and you don't have enough to fill them, you can't see Jesus, can you? It's tough to see him. In those moments, you have to hold strong, and you have to believe in that moment. Though I don't see him, he sees me. He sees me, and he loves me, and he cares about me, and he will provide for me, and he will make a way. My God is always faithful Every single time. So he says this to him in verse 6. Throw out your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll get some. That'd be fish. So they did. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm reading the book. That's three. That is three. Three strikes. You're all out. Go. Just go. And... I expect that from teenagers, but come on. So they did. They threw out their nets, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. So what does it mean to say no to now and yes to process? What what does that mean? I I think what it means, it means to let down your net on the other side of the boat. To determine and to say, I'm going to live counterculture. I'm not going to live like the culture. I'm not going to do what the world does. I'm going to live differently. I mean, come on. If we followed what society's plan is for financial freedom, we're going to be a wreck. Okay? Our government can't figure it out. If they can't, they're the top leaders. They're the smartest people in the land. We voted for them, put them in office because we said, you're smarter than I am. You know more than I know. You go figure it out and fix it. And it's gotten worse. What if we were to be countercultural? What if we were to put our nets on the other side of the boat? What if we were to say no to now and yes to process? I think what that that means is simply this. like It means saying no to debt and yes to a budget. Saying, I'm not going to go into debt. I'm going to figure out what my budget is first. Because you don't know what your debt is if you don't know what your budget is. So we're going to help you with that. Today, when you go home or when you leave the service, you're going to get an email in your inbox... And it's gonna have some information and a link to a very helpful resource so you can have a budget. It's free, it won't cost you anything. You can download it, it'll help you to get organized and get on a budget. If you don't get that email, let us know. We'll make sure you get it. Okay, so say no to debt and say yes to a budget. Say, how about this one? Say no to credit cards and yes to savings. No to credit cards and yes to savings. You know, they say you're supposed to save like 10 to 20 percent of your income out of your check every month. (laughs) That's what the experts say. Obviously, the experts don't have children, so they wouldn't say that. But you know, that's what they say. 10 to 20 percent is supposed to be going into savings. But instead, many times, before you put something on that card, what if you were to say, I'm going to take that, I'm going to put that over. This requires a lot of discipline. This requires a lot of perseverance. What if you were to say no to excess and yes to generosity? Instead, instead of spending on myself, what if I were to spend on someone else? This is what I was talking about just a few minutes ago. This, as followers of Jesus, we practice this principle of tithing. And, and I realize that most, most people don't tithe today. And, and, but do you give? Do you practice generosity? Do you trust God? Man, I'm so thankful for our financial partners. If you're one of our financial partners, you make this ship run. People come to know Jesus because you give. It, it, the lunch you're getting ready to go eat, I don't know if it's going to cost you 30, 40, 50 bucks. That, that's not bad. Go eat. That's great. Enjoy that. But I'm telling you that 30, 40, or $50, if you were to put that in the kingdom of God, who that would feed and what that would feed and the growth that would come from that. I'm not saying don't go out to eat. I'm just saying think through where, where am I at? And you're saying, man, Brad, I want to give. I, I appreciate your story and all that you said about you and Laura. I just, I just struggle. I don't, I don't know what to do. Listen, on your chair this morning, you see it right there, the 90-day giving challenge. Okay, It's a 90-day giving guarantee. I want, we want to come alongside you. We want to help you. We know it's hard to trust God. We know that it's tough to step out and do what I said to do. I know that's tough. And I have the, I have the luxury that I've been practicing this for three decades. Okay, so it's easy for me because I've got three decades of doing it. But for you, you may have never taken that step before. We want to challenge you. We want to encourage you. Take that step. Become a generous giver. Use that card. We promise that if any time in the next 90 days you have a bill and you can't meet that need, we're going to come alongside you and we're going to help you because my God will supply all of your needs. Are you willing to be generous? The truth is some of you are like the disciples probably were when they just stopped fishing, you're tired of the process, and you're just, you're just tired. You're tired of your nets being empty. You just want to quit. You just want just to walk away. You're just frustrated. I was talking to a good friend of mine who uh, recently rode in the Tulsa Tough, which is that bike ride they had in Tulsa. It's like over 100 miles, um, although he said he did the short ride, which was 40 miles that's the short ride? <laughs> wow. But he, he was telling me that he was riding in this race and um, and he, he got, he felt like he was pretty close to the finish, but he was just completely exhausted and it was really hot and he was starting to become, uh, suffer some heat exhaustion. So he decided, you know, I just, I'm, I got to stop. And so he felt like he was maybe a couple miles away and he stopped and he went underneath this tree and he just started pouring water over himself because he was completely dehydrated and and um, and he was sitting there and he's like, I just can't do it. I can't I can't go on. I, I, I can't. I can't. But then he was thinking, if I don't finish this, all of my buddies are just going to rip on me. I have to finish this. And he's right, because I would have. Uh, and so I would have totally dogged him on it. I've been like, oh, I can't finish. Oh, you know, tough for you. You know, uh, even though I was watching, not a part of it. And he said, that I, he said, I just sheer will had to get up, get back on my bike, and start riding again. And so he started riding his bike again, and he rode up just a, a few feet to go around a corner. And so he went up, rode right around this corner, and the finish line was like 100 yards away. He was that close to the finish line, like 100 yards away. Does that sound anything like the story we're talking about here today, 100 yards away? So here's the disciples and they're, they're letting down their nets and they're pulling them up and nothing, letting them down and pulling them up and nothing. And little did they know that their Savior was only 100 yards away. They couldn't see him, but he could see them. He could see them. And they're letting down their nets and they're pulling them up. And what if for you, what if for you, when you just are ready just to quit, I'm done, I'm done, A give. But what if you were to go over and just reach down and just, just pick them up one more time? Just take your net and pick it up one more time. This is the thing I know for you you'll reach down and you'll pick up that net just just one more time and I want you to know this Jesus is less than a hundred yards away you may not see him but my God sees you my God's a loving God and he sees this hole and he wants to fill it he wants to provide and see, what he does is he comes in and he mends our nets and he puts them back together again for us. And really, when he does that, what he's trying to get said is not, hey, I want to bless you financially and I want you to have that car and that house. And no, that's not what God's doing. When, when God comes in and he mends your nets and he meets that need, what he's trying to say is, can I mend the net of your pocketbook? but I can mend the net of your heart I can fix you that hole that you have See, so you saw those five causes of stress what's the hole? he says I, I can, I can fill that and I can mend it if you'll just say no to now and yes to the process let me pray for you bow your heads. I want you just to think through what, what is God saying to me today? What's your next step? Where do you need to trust God? What are you dealing with? Let me talk to, first of all, those of you who are followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe there's an area of your life you need to just surrender to him, and maybe it is your finances. You just need to surrender them to Him today. You need to say, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but it's your, it's your finances you need to surrender. Or maybe, maybe you haven't been paying attention because you thought of those five stress levels and maybe there's a relationship or maybe there's a health issue that you're struggling with or something in the workplace or just a small irritant. There's something that is just eating you up. And you say, today, I want God to mend that. I need him to mend my nets. And today, I want to surrender to him and let his spirit have his work in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can know who you are? Thank you. I see your hands all over, hands everywhere. Keep them up. Just right now saying, I surrender right now. I'm surrendering it to God. I'm giving my finances to God. I'm giving my family to God. I'm giving my work to God, my health to God. God, mend my net. You see the holes in my net? And you know what? You may have caused those holes. Just admit that to God right now. I created this hole in my family. I created this hole in this relationship. I created this health issue. I created this. I created this problem in the workplace. I created this financial issue. Whatever it is, you may have created that. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe some of the bills that are rolling in or maybe the relational issues that you're having, you didn't do anything, but you got a hole in your head. I pray that God fills that hole for you today. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Today, I wanna to invite you into a relationship with him. If you're not a follower of Jesus or maybe you've been away from him for a long time, I mean, it's just been, you You don't remember the last time that you were in relationship with God, but you're like, man, I need to come back to him. You need him to mend the net of your soul. And the promise is that Jesus is the risen savior and he can forgive your sin. He can give you a second chance. He does want to mend your net. He does want to make you whole. And so today, if you say, man, I want to be counted in that. I I want a second chance. I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus today. Or maybe I've been away from him for a long time and I need to come back. Would you pray for me today, Pastor? Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you today? Would you pray for me? Yeah, here in the front, on the sides, over here on the side, you're coming back to Jesus. Coming back to Jesus. Anybody else? Right here in the middle. God, for these people who are raising their hands to put their faith in you, Father, would you rain down your spirit on them? Let them know, God, their sins are forgiven. Let them know, God, you are the God of second chances. May they... Just intuitively know in this moment as your Holy Spirit comes in that you are mending that hole in their heart. You are mending their soul. You are making them new, God. And you are filling them with your spirit to give them a second chance. We praise you for that. Thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.